Hey, the cycling season is finite. It's over, but uh, we're going to recap the Volta a España. Look, the Volta comes down to the last mountain stage, a lot of high drama, bonus seconds. That's kind of the, the thing that uh, pushed one of the guys over the top. We're well, not going to have any spoilers. Does Roglic fade in the last week of a grand tour? We'll talk about that. Tactics, tactics, tactics. The jumbo and movie star editions of those. Women uh, finished their season in Madrid Challenge. And did the Quick Quickstep get their 100th grand tour win? All coming up. Between Two, Pod- <laughs> Between Two Wheels podcast, episode 211. Welcome, everybody. It's uh, November 9th. 2020 it's been a crazy year look people people are mourning um and they're celebrating today the end of the cycling season uh nothing else there's nothing else going on in the world but that's all we have here so welcome everybody and if once again we're live on our youtube and facebook and twitter pages so i thought we'd just do a quick recap um just got out of court and uh, people are effing crazy uh that's all i got to say about that um join in and view it on youtube some you know we, we stream youtube uh court in there as well uh the vuelta stage 17 saturday Segueros to alta de la covatia 178.2 kilometers a cat one a cat three and let's actually uh share the screen here so we can take a look at the profile cat one Cat three, a cat three, a cat three, a sprint point in the between there, a cat two, a little one, I don't know what that is there, and then a HC or a special category climb over the top to the Covatia. It was what, roughly 11 or so kilometers, and a barn burner. Um, going into this, maybe we'll recap what the actual, <clears throat> what the uh, actual uh, positions were going into stage 17 on GC. I don't know, spoiler there if you saw that there. Uh, Roglic, 45 seconds over Carapaz, 53 seconds over Hugh Carthy, Dan Martin at 148, Enric Maas at 329, and Watt Poles there at six. You don't really care. He's at six plays, six, sec- uh, six minutes down. At Groschartner, 720 down. Valverde at eight, at 845. And obviously, it was going to be um, quite an interesting little spat we had going into the, the, the final stage. I mean, you had, um, let's take a look at the, well, let's just go. So, really, it comes down to the last 11.7 kilometers uh, on the stage. And um, the climb up to Alta de la Calvatia, um, 1,959 meters at 6.9%. It's wide open landscape. It allows a lot of wind coming in there. Uh, wind does play a factor. Uh, steeper sections start at about four kilometers in. They stretch to about the 2.7 where you get a slight respite there before it tips down. And then the last 1.7 goes back up before the last uh, four or 500 meters kind of is a little more of a, I mean, it doesn't go downhill, but it's just more of a shallow finish into into the, the 0.7 kilometers there um, we saw american ben king <clears throat> win here in 2018 uh, he had two stages that year for uh quebeca um good for him we're obviously proud of, of how he did i didn't really see you know he had a child lately so we didn't really see him uh doing much racing after the pandemic um a big group got up the road i think he was maybe in the tour though um so we had a big group they get up the road bad weather fog everything going into the mix here um, one jumbo miser rider made the break, um, Leonard Hofstetter, uh, that kind of goes against all the tactics you see. And we'll talk about tactics specifically about jumbo Visma, but you know, you don't see them, you know, sending that rider up the road. Uh, that's a movie star move, send someone up the road, they hook up to him later. And that person, you know, does a lot of work for him. So, it, it, Hofstetter gets up the road. 
there's some debate as, and we'll get into tactics later on here, but there's some debate as to whether that was the smart move or not for, um, for Jumbo Bisma. Well, as it happened, we were given two races within a race because by the bottom of the climb, three plus minutes, uh, that group did not get caught by the leaders and the GC group. So you had uh, David Goudeau in there. Well, right before that, Mark Soler on the penultimate climb, he ends up bridging up about three minutes to the group and he joins them right at the bottom base of the climb. Uh, Oliver, uh, Oliveira, Nilsson Oliveira, uh, his teammate had helped him get up there. Um, and then he looked like he wasn't quite ready to, to hang on, uh, because you ended up starting to have Godou, you had, uh, Gary, some of these other guys, uh, Mater, <clears throat> the NTT rider, um, they start shelling him out. Soler is not looking good. My first question on Soler going up the road is, is he doing this for his benefit or is he doing this for the team benefit? You know, and well, maybe it's all, all of the above. Um, but back in the GC, well, this is finish off for what happens in the front. Goudeau, a week prior to this on a Saturday, had been in a, a little bit of a duo uh, with duel, duo duel with Mark Soler, uh, and he won on the Saturday. I kicked him, and that's where Soler was kind of going for some time. We talked about that kind of weird tactic. Was he going for time? Was he going for the stage win? Eh, he's going for both. Remember, he won, what, stage two of this Volta already? Uh, so Goudeau goes up the road. Um, actually, Izaguri goes up the road. Goudeau goes up to him and then just goes through him and he looked really good and gets his second win on the the Vuelta um, one week after the first one a 24 I think a year old uh, Frenchman looks real good going up the hill and you know that's Thibaut Pino's teammate we'll see maybe there'll be a change in the guard as far as uh, what that team has for coming up for the next year however back in the GC group <clears throat> Soler is no longer in there he's up the road you don't have uh, Leonard Hausstetter in that group he's up the road he's not a climber per se so he's a guy that can help out he's not not a robert hessink so he's just a shallow a little bit not vanguard he's not bennett he's not sepkus he's not roglic so he's up the road and he's not going to win the stage and and he he doesn't um but back in the group you've got the gc group they come into the bottom of the climb and you start to see bora uh aid shelling um start to hit the front and putting on a huge turn of pace uh, I, ostensibly, this is for Felix Groschartner, I imagine. Um, Jumbo, they're setting up behind him with Bennett and Sepp. Um, appearing to be going well. However, uh, soon Bennett getting dropped without even taking a pole. He's off there. And then you just have Roglic uh, sitting on the wheel of Sepp Kuss, who's sitting on the wheel of Eid Schelling. Schelling kind of puts in the turn too hard, and he kind of creates some gaps out the front, but no one cares because his teammate, you know, what, seventh place there, he's, he's way deep on the on the overall. Um, I think he's just trying to consolidate his 10th place. I'm not really sure exactly why Schelling was was putting out the work. Uh, maybe he'd made a deal with uh, one of the other teams. Uh, either way, you're not seeing Sepp take the front for a ways. Vlasov, he's in the group there with Furstana. He attacks about 4.3 to go. They let him go. Uh, Schelling still isn't done until about 3.5. That's when he's taken, um, Sepp takes over the mantle, a normal spot at the front. And he's on there for about half a kilometer. Looks fine. Remember, it's really windy. They've been up in the fog and now they're starting to crest out through to get a little sunshine. Uh, and as he breaks through, Carthy then attacks with that 3K to go. We'll talk about the strategy here later about timing of their attacks. 3K, Carthy attacks. He looks really good. Sepp tries to accelerate to close the gap, and soon he's like throwing the elbow out, letting Ruglich know he can't do it. And Ruglich come back, comes back. This is the first time you've really seen Sepp with a pain face like that. I mean, he didn't just peel off because his team 
um, leader had basically, you know, you see this sometimes Roglic the last kilometer or so there's attacking going and Sepp's been closing things down and then he just sits up and he's good. This was different. He's elbowing. Hey, I'm not going to be able to, you're going to have to pull through and Roglic had to dig pretty deep to kind of get there, but he looked fine. Um, then you have, <clears throat> excuse me, then you have about um, 2.7 <clears throat> Roglic, I'm sorry, Enric Moss decides to take off and uh, do a little of attack. Once again, you had three three kilometers, uh, Carthy, Carapaz, Roglic has had to go. It looked, obviously it was a very hard dig because um, like I said, Sepp wasn't able to do it. And then just a few kilometers later, or three tenths of a kilometer, Enric Mas takes this up. And this is kind of where everything just gets set to the wind and the drama basically uh, ensues from there. Uh, Vlasov gets caught, Car- uh, Carthy goes with him, Carapaz goes with him. And then it's a big fight because Carapaz decides he's going to just go on up the road himself, and he does a blistering attack. And his move instantly creates a gap. You see the only Roglic is really the one that tries to dig it uh, and go with it, but he's not able to close it. And then he's just kind of like, well, I guess I'm going to have to just do my thing here. Once again, a lot of wind out there. So wind plays a part in in climbs in a few different ways. One, um, when you're out alone and you start to die, the wind can really make a, a strong thing. But sometimes when you're in a group, uh, you'd rather climbers prefer a tailwind because you don't need to just get a sit on and, you know, it kind of makes a difference. But Roglic wasn't able to close this gap. Now he's in the wind. He needs to be exposed and he's got to basically do this fight on his own. Uh, from there, look, he's got Hochstetter up the road and he looks like to be, he's suffering. He's kind of conglomerates with Hugh Carthy. He's got Enric Mass. The next thing you know, um, they're kind of like, who's taking the front? Then you have Carthy taken off up the road. Um, Roglic then connects with Hofstetter and the road just happened to pitch down a little bit. He gets on his wheel and he does some fine work for him. I think the biggest thing the Hofstetter actually did for him there was shield him from the wind. He's able to, to shield him a little bit, uh, not put him in the gutter. It almost looked like he was doing it because he had Enric Mass and uh, Soler that who we were connected up with. Next thing you know, Hofstetter's gone. And the, look, the time gap went out immediately to about 20 seconds. And they got up to like 28, I think, at one point. He was down to, on the virtual, Carapaz was only like 13 seconds off of the win. And you're like, oh, crap. It's all happening over. And you listen to the commentary. They're like, it's doing it again. I watched the live stats as well on pro cycling or even cycling news. And they're like, oh, it's happening. Same thing that happened in the, you know, you have reminiscence of a Laplanche de Belfi of the, the time just tick, tick, tick. And he's losing it. But. He kind of ends up, um, he being Roglic, uh, holding pace there after he gets rid of Hochstedler and he's just riding with Enric Mass and Soler, who are doing some pulling. Now, once again, this is a big deal because up this climb, he's not, he's, uh, there's a lot of wind, he's exposed, <clears throat> and being able to sit on someone's wheel actually makes a difference. And this isn't like the Angrelu where it's so steep, it doesn't really matter. It's more about pacing. Either way, uh, Carapaz storms across the line, 235 behind Gadu. Carthy is the next at 250. Now, remember, we, we set up the road. There was uh, Gadu wins, but then Izagiri and Mater, or actually Mater and, and Izagiri get uh, second and third, so they take all the bonus time. So there's no bonus seconds to be had for uh, Carapaz. He comes across the line, 235, um, 250 for, Car- for Carthy, and just six seconds behind Carthy with Roglic sprinting in. Does a little bit of a fist pump, knows he was one. Back-to-back winner of the Vuelta and this Vuelta, one of the tight, tight, tight um, Vueltas we have in here in the history. Uh, very good, and we're going to talk about we're going to talk about some tactics and see how that played out um, here, and I'll and I'll discuss stage 18 first. But a uh, lot of drama. Uh, it was pretty 
pretty exciting. And I mean, if you like to see races come down to the very finish, you had, you know, the, the Tour de France switched places on the second to last day in the time trial, uh, which going into it was what, 40 some seconds. Eh, it's very similar. Um, and then um, Pogacar just destroyed him. Uh, the, while the Giro, while the overall time was a little bit of a gap there, it was, you know, you go into the last stage, two riders tied on time. That's tight. And then here, um, you know, it narrows itself down where both of the, uh, the, the podium guys to Ruglic were closer after the stage than they were at the start. Stage 18, very simple. Um, Hippodroma to, uh, De La Zura to Madrid, um, 125 kilometers sprint stage. There's a little break there, but uh, lead out basically with Bora, Richardson, Scott, and Quick Quickstep. Um, they were flying, and everyone was spread out across the road. Uh, and it's you know, look, Ackerman had won a stage. UAE was also in the mixer. UAE had won with Philipson, so they had him set up. Ackerman had won a stage already due to the disqualification of, of Sam Bennett. Sam Bennett had won. They put Quick Quickstep over that hundred Grand Tour wins or hit that hundred Grand Tour wins mark. He got DQ'd, so it gets set back. So this is kind of a, uh, for Sam, he's like, I want to win this outright. I want to, you know, put the team over the 100 Grand Tour wins, kind of cap the season with that. I'm going to show that I, I won rightfully uh, the other day. Ackerman, on the other hand, is like, hey, look, um, you know, I got I got the win kind of in a way that you don't want to win, which is by disqualification of another rider. I'd like to win this outright. And Philipson, you know, he got his win, but it was without the other riders because um, he was able to drop them on the climbs. So he had come down to it. Ackerman takes to lead, uh, kicks first, Bennett's on him, and it looked like Philipson was just a tad bit off trying to come from the third spot, but it was a very fast sprint. And in the end, um, bike throw, and Ackerman held off Sam Bennett for the win. So denying him a win at all <clears throat> in the uh, Vuelta and given, um, given Ackerman two wins and denying DeCoinick's quick step their 100th Grand Tour stage win in their history i guess i don't know how you, how you determine that that's what that the, the talking points are from them right um let's talk about tactics on stage 17. uh brian zimney a friend of ours here had, had put pointed out to me uh some commentary and analysis from chris horner um i still have not reviewed that because i wanted to make my own commentary before I, and i just heard what you know brian was saying to me before i wanted to make my own commentary before I got a little bit tainted on, uh, on Horner. Um, basically his, his thing is like, look, Hofstetter's in the break. What that ended up doing then was, um, with him being in the break, it made Sepkas, made Bennett, it made, you know, Hessink. remember they're down a uh, rider from Dumoulin not being there. It made them do more work. And this is, you know, um, Dan Martin said it was the hardest, day, <laughs> hardest stage race he's ever done. Now that comes after the race when you're depleted, but um, this actual stage, he said it was just unrelenting from uh, start to finish. You know, everyone was on and it was bad weather. Uh, so anyway, riders are going back to get bottles. Uh, evidently, Bennett's going back, Sepkas is going back. So they were depleted to the point where when they're coming up that climb, they are not able to go. Sep's not able to go any further than 3.5K to the finish uh, with his leader in which typically he's there for at least another 3K, maybe, you know, two and a half, two and 2.75. Um, and so that, that makes a big deal. He would have been very useful to be able to pull there for uh, Roglic. Now, if Roglic, uh, the point is, um, Horner's saying these guys were depleted. They weren't able to go to that extent. I don't know if that's the case. Um, did, but Jumbo had to have known that Hofstetter could not win the stage. I mean, he was in a, in a group with some serious climbers. He wasn't going to be able to do it. 
They were in the break. They were going to drop him. Um, and by the way, you know, they didn't lose much time on the climb. He lost his three minutes of the Peloton, you know, the GC group by about 2K to go. So was having Hostetter in the break, you know, the proximate cause for Bennett and Sepkus to lose out and not be able to, to help on the climb. And we saw, you know, once again, Sepkus couldn't do anything after 3K to go. Uh, and he would been on the, on the front for about half a kilometer. So eh, a little tough to understand there. So was having him up the road this whole time, was that something that um, Jumbo may have known that they needed to? Because uh, as it turned out, it was in the perfect position. It's a little bit of a pitch down, a little bit where Hofstetter could actually do more work for um, Roglic, protected him from the wind. And he, you know, Roglic said afterwards it was a huge welcome and he uh, totally appreciated it and needed it at that time. Maybe Sepkus, I don't know, we'd have to ask him and Bennett if they were actually going back for bottles. Maybe they were just coming to the last stage and they're like, I don't think I've got everything I need to. And we need to send one guy up the road to make sure he's there. So this is a, a something that maybe uh, Horner has more info or maybe he's doing an analysis that um, he didn't have all the info either. I don't either. So we're just, just um, making guesses here. So maybe their strategy was reckless in putting these other guys into the position that they had to do more work. Or maybe it was done in a way that they were protecting themselves, knowing that Bennett um, and Sepkus were not going to be able to be the, the superstars that they have been in the past. At which point it was serendipitous and uh, probably helped win uh, the tour for um, Ruglitch. Now, Movie Star. Movie Star, they sent Soler up the road. Uh, he started to climb three minutes or so ahead of the, the GC group. Uh, the first assumption, like I said earlier, was that Soler is actually doing his own and not, and you know, for the glory of himself and not the team. And if you've seen the, the, the Netflix documentary from last year, you pretty much assume that that's usually the case. Uh, may, very well may have been, but we don't actually know. However, he was in the perfect position to help Anik Mass in the last two kilometers in which he did. And inside the last kilometer, um, when to help Roglic, <laughs> when Hofstadter was no longer available at help. Um, Soler and Mass, were they helping Roglic? I mean, look, uh, what's interesting is there was an interview after um, with Carapaz, and he said something along the fact of um, uh, they were they were in their self-interest rather than revenge. Now, the fact that he mentioned revenge is maybe telling. Now, remember, if you watch the movie star documentary on Netflix once again. Um, he he, being Carapaz, wins the Giro. There's a lot of infighting there with Landa, and then he was supposed to do the Vuelta, and he didn't end up doing the Vuelta because well because he got, did some, the team was really pissed off at him. He did some race unsanctioned or something, got injured, and he had already signed with Ineos. He was already wearing their kit. And so there's some bad blood there. So maybe they're chasing him down for that. And the fact that he referenced that in his commentary saying, oh no, it wasn't this, it's a little suspect. That almost makes you, eh, you know, the girl doth protest too much type of thing. Who knows? Um, either way, it didn't hurt. Um, and look, Solaire, he wanted to help Moss, I'm assuming. And Moss was, they had a gap on Dan Martin and he wanted to maybe leap over him. I mean, he was in fifth place. It was a good chance for him to move into fourth place. So it was within striking distance. So it wasn't uh, out of the ordinary or you wouldn't think that it couldn't happen. So I tend to say um, fortuitous for Roglic, you know, teams happen to join up there. Maybe they don't like Carapaz, they don't like any else. And that's what happened. How about Carapaz and Carthy? What about their tactics and strategy? Uh, well, they attacked inside the last three kilometers, but it, it wasn't uh, until Moss went at 2.7, a Carapaz actually blasted out. And once again, he got a quick 20 seconds, even narrowed his potential to a win around 13 seconds. But in the end, he only got 21 at the line. Carthy lost 
time to care pass and gain six seconds on Roglic. Um, did these two leave it at too late? Well, they got rid of Sup quickly when the attack started. So you're thinking, well, if they had actually known that, maybe they attack uh, earlier. I mean, if Sup was out of the picture from four to five kilometers to go and Hofstadter isn't available till around the 2K point, that's a lot of road and a lot of wind to try to work your magic and uh, see if uh, you could have Roglic uh, actually falter. Uh, you can't expect to get, you know, over a minute back in three kilometers. And so I think that they, they've messed up. And some of it is that fear of striking too soon and losing your podium spot, which is something I expected more from Carthy since he had never been in this situation than Carapaz. Carapaz had won the Giro last year. Uh, he wasn't, I mean, he's, he's obviously there close. Why not throw the haymaker from a little bit further out and hope, I mean, what's the worst that can happen? I guess you get third instead of second. That's something you may not want because uh, maybe you have the, because Carthy had, remember, um, two different times. I think it was stage six and then on the Angrelu again, he had put time into Carapaz. So it, it could be done and Carthy was coming on stronger and, and he also did in the time trial, um, coming on stronger and stronger. So maybe you're concerned about that. But once again, uh, I think both of those guys should have given a little bit of a chance. And once again, you had Mike Woods was not there for Carthy. I mentioned that earlier in the week when he was striking out on Wednesday, trying to get the stage win. He's off in this break with uh, pretty renowned guys and when Tim Willens ends up winning. And I'm like, is this going to come back to haunt them when you need Hugh Carthy needs a rider, a climber? And what, are you going to put TJ in the mix there? There's no one else on that team that's going to do it but Mike Woods. And Mike Woods wasn't there. Maybe uh, if you have him, you can correlate something you know, Carthy takes off at four to five K to go. And if he starts to falter, you've got Mike Woods at least to try to pace him and set him up to regain and to stay with the group. Didn't happen. He wasn't there. Carapaz, he's on his own too, but you know, he's, he's legit. Uh, and I'll just say on that, well, we'll get back to that in a little bit. Um, how about the, so once again, it was a great tour. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed the Vuelta. Uh, I was actually in my heart pulling for, well, there's a few things. Pulling for Roglic should do to the work Sep Casa done. It's, it's, it's wonderful to see that as an American. Um, pulling against Carapaz <laughs> due to the fact that he writes for Ineos. That's a horrible thing to say, but it's just kind of had that feeling. And I'm also pulling for Hugh Carthy. Once again, though, I I am very impressed with Carapaz and his riding. Do his attacking? He, he's similar to a Roglic. They both have pop to them, um, you know, because they can they can win little sprint finishes or be close to it. Uh, he's got some pop. He's got a great climb. Uh, it seems to be a good guy. I really enjoyed the documentary I saw with him last year. Uh, seems to be a, a decent guy. And he left the movie star. How can you fault the guy for for doing any of that? Um, let's go to the Madrid challenge and kind of just look, I, I didn't know do too much here as far as, uh, as far as the, the results go. I mean, I, I have, I can look at the stages here. Um, stage two, you had a time trial and Lisa Brunauer wins, uh, over truck cigarette duel of Lisa Longo Borghini and Ellen Van Dyke, Annemiek Van Vluten in fourth, Leah Kirchham, Sarah Roy, was it Wa? Mika Kruger, Alice Barnes. I'm trying to see down here where Alexis Ryan in 18th place. So going into the last stage, and you know, I'm going to end up watching these, and then I'll basically report back to it on on how that all went. Uh, last stage was won in a sprint by Elisa Balsama, Lorena Weebs. She was uh, first on stage one, if you remember. Uh, Marta Bastanelli, Chara Cassani, Silvia Zanardi, Barbara Gershana, and Lisa Brunauer, and tied there. So big sprint. All of them getting the same time down to 20th place or so. 
Alexis Ryan, did you end up making it in there? No, she didn't have that. I don't know what happened to her on the day. So the GC, the overall there goes to Lisa Brenauer. I think she's a German national champion and got some Trek City Freder riders. Um, no American Lexus, where'd you go? I didn't, I don't see her in the top, uh, but we'll, we'll do a recap of that. I actually want to watch that race, see if there's anything excitement that I missed. And then, um, Give a little report back on that because hey, we've got winter coming up. We got a we got a lot of spare time, do we? Because I don't think a tour down under is going to happen, and um, who knows about racing in our own? How about the season of Roglic? Um, tour de Lin win, Tour de France second place narrowly to Pogacar. Liège he wins a, a monument. Don't forget uh, the Vuelta. He wins that. I mean, come on, that's a that's a stellar year, right? Um, the ga- uh, his strategy of gaining bonus seconds over the course of the race for the, both the Tour de France and the Vuelta uh, really paid off. Well, paid off, paid off much more in the in the Tour and the the Vuelta. I would imagine um, he would have lost the Vuelta. I think without. I think I saw where he got forty some forty eight seconds or so in bonus time, and um, Carapaz got. 20 i don't remember what the exactly but you if you if you add all those in or you strip them out carapaz is actually in the lead uh, overall so but hey that's that's kind of the whole that's the strategy and and there were bonus seconds on offer for each and every stage so they all knew you know what was going on just saw last night or maybe it was this morning i don't know time's time's confusing to me right now uh, on twitter the jumbo visma team they um did a doc they basically were uh, filming the entire of uh, vuelta so they released the first six stages of this like 12 minute little bit of the documentary. Then they're going to do another, um, I think 12, 15 minutes today and then out to Tuesday. So they're going to release this whole thing. It was really well done. Um, and it shows each stage and they talk, they have a little behind the scenes. So they're talking to Sep. They're, they're really, uh, the panic, because it, it ends on stage six where uh, Ruglitch can't get his jacket on and the panic of the, 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 the team managers trying to get that team back up there. That's something I think you missed from the coverage. I didn't really realize how bad he was 20, 30 seconds off and they were just flying, you know, like a team time trial trying to get Ruglitch back up to the top. Uh, could have been uh, really bad there. So uh, keep that in mind and I'll maybe try to do a full review of the whole thing when we, when you see it. So, you know, Part of the scenario is to get these bonus times. Uh, Ruglitch, what, four or five stage wins there. Uh, really good. Um, Ineos, they blew the Tour de France. They blew apart the Giro. And then they blew, almost blew up Ruglitch at the Vuelta. So you give them a little credit too. You know, you start coming away from the Tour and you're like, hey, you got the Rafa Mica win. Uh, did Carapaz win a stage there? I don't remember. But it was kind of like, eh, not not looking so good because you had, you know, Bernal blow up and everything else that was happening. Oh, uh, news for Ineos slash Steam Sky. What drama? Yes, Dan Hughes says, what drama? Uh, yes, you, you, wait, you, you're saying it wasn't drama? I'm saying, because you have a question mark there. Um, that tour was great drama. The last stage was great drama. Uh, up the vault, not the second to last stage. Uh, I was watching that and kind of, you know, getting nervous because it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, Anyway, back to Ineos. Uh, Chris Froome was awarded, was it 2011 or 2012? Uh, Vuelta a España overall. Remember, he was uh, second that year to, and Bradley Williams was third. And uh, what was the Spanish guy that won it? They ended up getting DQ'd. And so Froome now is the provisional, not just the provisional, I guess he's the overall winner of the Vuelta from back then. And it was his first Grand Tour win 
but retroactive later. Uh, how about some winners and losers? Uh, some winners, uh, Carthy and EF, they win in all three Grand Tours. One Tour de France win, um, Danny Martinez. Uh, two in the Giro, uh, Cachedo and Guerrero, and then they, with those duck uniforms, and then uh, three wins in the Vuelta <clears throat> by uh, Hugh Carthy, uh, Mike Woods, and um, what's his name? <laughs> Magnus Court Nilsson the other day. Plus, they get a podium and inside a minute to the winner. Remember, the top two, uh, Roglic and Carapaz. Uh, Roglic, you know, defending champion. He's been, you know, third in the, the Giro. He's been third in the Tour or fourth uh, and second. And um, that's – and Carapaz obviously won the Giro. That's no slouch of a, of a top two there. So – getting Carthy in inside a minute to that is uh, very well done. You know, this is stepping stone. Sometimes you see riders make a shot up there and then they kind of nothing left to him. But <clears throat> I tend to think the way Carthy time trialed uh, and obviously climbed that it's uh, more than just a, a guy that kind of hung on and was able to finish with everybody. I mean, he put his own stamp on the, and, and you know, winning um, was obviously very impressive with up to Angrilu. Uh, some losers. Uh, let's uh, some more winners here, though. You had uh, Dan Martin fourth in the Volta and a stage win. I think that's uh, his top ever Grand Tour finish. So he was very consistent. You know, bleeding off a little bit of time there near the end, but uh, did very well. Enric Mas fifth in the white jersey. I believe he was fifth in the Tour de France too. That's uh, really good back-to-back -back, uh, Grand Tours. So good for him. Uh, losers of the season. And I'll do my whole season stuff here later on, but uh, just kind of thinking of it here. Peter Sagan, I mean, one stage at the Giro, but uh, really a year that you would compare it with movie star in a sense. I mean, sure, he won, but um, he was close a lot. And with the, you know, the, the stature and the expectations, you expect him to be winning a lot more. And uh, and he didn't. And same goes to movie star. They're kind of kind of the same way. If they didn't have the Vuelta, um, eh, kind of a uh, season. You know, Valverde. Zero wins, I believe, on the season. That's just taking it from, from my memory. So that's all we have for you today, folks. Once again, thanks for joining Between Two Wheels Podcast. This is episode 211. I hope you enjoyed the Vuelta. I enjoyed it a ton. Um, I don't think we have, I think we have some World Cup, maybe some um, track stuff coming up there. But other than that, really nothing, nothing else going on. So I hope you guys get out. We're getting a little winter here in Northern California. And um, hope you're getting out on some rides. Get fit. Get uh, stay healthy as much as you can. Take care.